sound the air. On this program dedicated to the sparkling new romantic comedy, Love on the Run, you will hear the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Orchestra under the direction of Franz Waxman and the voices of Joan Crawford, Clark Gable, Pancho Tone. We bring you now an air preview of Love on the Run. dollar-hunting prince, but when a Manhattan daughter of the rich leaves a continental nobleman stranded at the altar, that is news. That's just what Sally Parker did to Prince Igor at a fashionable wedding in a London church, and in her mad dash from the arms of the palpitating prince, Sally runs smack into the rescuing arms of Mike Anthony. London correspondent of the New York tabloid newspaper. In Sally's luxurious apartment following her escape from worse than death, we hear the voices of Joan Crawford and Clark Gable. Who are you? Who, me? Well, I, uh, I just want to help you. How much will that cost me? Or do you happen to be a reporter? A reporter? Well, whatever gave you that idea? Well, if I were, do you think I'd want to come around and help you? Then you must even have Blini on nearly married. You go back and tell him well, that I... must I'll... admit it, Sally Parker, I... Well, I'm just somebody that's known you and, and thought of you ever since... Well, ever since I saw your picture in the Rotogravure section as a debutant. Oh, that was a long time ago. Well, it wasn't that long ago. Oh, well, I, I mean it. It seems that way to me, not really meeting you. Well, today I went to St. Gregory's to, to look at you for the last time, that's all. It was a, well, a sort of a silent goodbye. You expect me to believe that? No. I mean, uh, uh, well, I, I know it sounds a little, well, a little Elsie Dinsmore, but it's true. Oh, it's nice to know that someone else besides my board of directors and nine written reporters really cares about what happens to me. But all my governesses and guardians never stop me from fighting my own battles, and I'll take care of this one, too. That, that dear, charming, attentive Royal Red Pudding, I'll tell him a thing or two. No, 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 wait a minute. That might be reporters. Reporters? Buzzers. All right, let them come up. I'll give them some real headlines for one. How Sally Parker found romance. So much down and so much for every kid. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you'd be pretty tired of all this cheap notoriety. Tired? Tired? I'm sick to my stomach of reporters. I've been blinded by their flashlights ever since I can remember. They put my intact wisdom tooth on the front page. This ought to make newspaper history. Sally, Sally, my dear. So it's your is it? You'd like to hear some more, would you? Parker, wait. He may not be alone. Sally, my baby doll. Uh, 
I've never known anyone I could trust up to now. Look, Sally. A fellow has to make a living, understand? Such a nice living. Two can live happier than one. Well, it isn't that exactly, but... Well, I've had a job all my life. I knew you did something. What? Well, I'm a... I'm a writer. How wonderful, darling. What do you write about? Oh, I write about people. You know, things. What sort of things? Have I read them? I want to learn everything you've ever written by heart. Well, Sally, I might as well admit it. What? That I'm about to crucify myself. But you suddenly turned out to be the only girl this side of the moon. Oh, let's skip anything else. Everything else. Mike probably would have lived happily ever after if it hadn't been for one little thing. Mike, constantly aware of Sally's hatred for all newspaper men, dodges telling her he is a news hawk. He further overlooks telling her that daily he is cabling stories to his paper, revealing every intimate detail of her flight from Prince Igor. This was not the right thing for Mike to do, as he discovers one morning at breakfast when Sally spies a headline broadcasting to the world. Stories of their romantic rendezvous. With this evidence, Sally turns all of her guns on the very much confused Mike. I you tried to tell you last night. Well, you incredibly unthinkable. You sheer unadulterated worm. Go ahead. I deserve it. All the adjectives. Sally confides dreams to Anthony. Now, you're something that flies out of a job and they take the lid off. Sally, I don't know anything about that contest and I'll make them kill it. Isn't that cute? Little Michael pulling wings off grasshoppers. The only girl this side of the moon. And I believed you. I tried to tell you last night, but I couldn't. I loved you too much. You don't know what last night meant to me. How can I tell what last night meant to you until I see the next issue of the Chronicle? Not more than 500 words and write on only one side of the paper. Mr. Anthony will write on the back. He writes on the backs of bonds. Well, what are you waiting for? There must be a cable office around here somewhere. Aren't you afraid you'll miss the next edition? Sally is displeased. But she was soon to find out about Mike anyway. For whom should pop up but the much-scooped Barney Pelts in the person of Fran Chotone, correspondent of a rival New York newspaper, who spills the works about Mike to Sally. Now Mike is in the doghouse. Sally turns to Barney, and together they plot revenge. Sally will give Barney bigger and better headlines for his newspaper, and Mike will lose his job. We now find Sally and Barney in the compartment of a continental train, discussing Mike's fate. You're a reporter, aren't you, Barney? Me? Now, listen, Miss Parker, if this Anthony guy's been handing you a lot of silly stuff oh. about... It goes pretty hard with one reporter if he loses his story to another reporter, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I guess so. All right, then, if you're not a reporter, go find me one, because he's going to have me for his own personal scoop. Miss Parker... I'm no mere reporter. I'm the best correspondent in Europe. You write good stories? The best. All the news that's fit to print. The New York Times kind. I don't want that kind. You can print anything about me. 
what I eat for breakfast, how I take a bath, anything that'll make Mr. Michael Anthony squirm. Things about him, things about me, do you understand? Parker, baby, you call the shots and I'll pull the trigger. When do you send your first cable? And Anthony, when does he get fired? A day or two, right out on his ear. Suppose you'll get a job on another newspaper. Him? <laughs> He'll be blacklisted, through. Oh, wonderful. Can he do anything else? Nothing that won't land him in jail. Oh, I suppose you'll get on relief. He might, for a few days, but that's all. They're fussy about who gets relief. I hope he gets kicked off the bread line, too. It's kind of strange to think of him being down and out. Always so sure of himself, Mike mm. was. That's the way it starts around New York, though. I've seen hundreds of them. First they borrow a ten spot, then a buck, then 25 cents for donuts and coffee. And then it's a shirt. They tell you they got a swell job doing publicity, and one night you stumble over them in the park, wrapped up in an old Sunday edition to keep out the cold. Well, Mike won't get that low, I don't think. There's a way out for real men, and Mike's a real man. Well, Barney, stop it. Oh, Michael. Mike on the run, Sally on the run, Barney on the run, love on the run. Will Mike regain Sally's affections, or is it Barney that now rules Sally's heart? Fun plays tag with romance, as this gay threesome play hide-and-go-seek from one play spot to another in Europe. In the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer romantic comedy, Love on the Run. Based on the bright and exciting Cosmopolitan magazine story, and directed by your favorite maker of hits, W.S. Van Dyke. On this program, you have heard Joan Crawford, Clark Gable, Francho Tone, and the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Symphonic Orchestra, under the direction of Franz Watzman. Thank you.